Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> uh, right, so as Miriam said earlier, um, in this Advent season, we're going to be looking at um, Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. Um, and yeah, I actually just wanted to open by praying what it says in this scripture. Because it says, and I'm so thankful to God, that unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So I thank you, Lord, for the promise of Jesus. I thank you that you have already delivered Jesus and fulfilled part of this promise. And Father, I thank you that you are the author of all promises and the deliverer of all promises. And so as we look at this scripture today, Father, I just pray that you you show us and you teach us how to walk as people of promise, as people in this Advent season of waiting for the fulfillment, but celebrating who you are and knowing that you are faithful and true to deliver your promises. Amen. So um, any of you have, who have heard me uh, preach before um, know that I love to preach from my testimony. And when it comes to being patient and waiting for the fulfillment of promises, I'm not the most patient person. (laughs) I don't know about any of you, but who here loves to wait for things? Nobody? I am so glad I'm not alone. (laughs) Um, But thankfully, the Bible is absolutely full of people who um, have waited well. So there were lots of different people that I could look at Um, to help me grow and hopefully help you guys today think about growing in patience and waiting on the promises of God. There's, I mean, there's Abraham, there's Joseph, there's like pretty much anybody who God gave a big promise to. He didn't just deliver it right away. There was a season of growth and waiting. Um, The person that I chose to focus on today when it comes to looking at how to wait for the fulfillment of a promise I um, chose to look at Simeon. So who knows who Simeon is? (laughs) Yeah? So Simeon was amongst one of the first people who acknowledged Jesus was the Messiah. So this promise that Isaiah wrote about Jesus being the child that was promised and the deliverer and the Messiah, the whole nation of Israel was waiting for this fulfillment of the promise. Everybody in Israel was very familiar with what they were looking for, according to what had been written by Isaiah. Um, So my question then is, if people were familiar with what they were looking for, when Jesus was born, why didn't everybody just go, yay, the Messiah's been born, we can, like, you know, (laughs) job done? (laughs) There were Pharisees that saw him, as we know, didn't know who he was. But they knew the scripture, they knew the promise, but they were blinded and couldn't see who he was. So Simeon 
as soon as he claps eyes on Jesus, when um, his parents bring him to the temple to, for the circumcision and all that kind of stuff that they do, um, he straight away knew who it was. So let's just read his story now. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. So at first sight, he knew this was the Messiah and the fulfillment of the promise. He said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to, co- to cause the falling and rising of, ma- of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So that's all we get, we get told about Simeon, but there's actually quite a lot to unpack in that about how he was able to, at first sight, know that the Messiah was the Messiah and was his deliverance and was the fulfillment of his promise. So it says about Simeon that he was righteous and devout. So what does this mean? How do we be righteous and devout? So righteous in in this text just means just. But I was really struck by the devout part of how Simeon lived his life. Because I think devout in the English language has been so misused because we think of it as like, you know, being religious of like, continue, of like you know, like doing the right thing, reading the scriptures, all these kind of things. And that's part of it. But I think it's been corrupted by people who call themselves devout and don't act devout. And in this, the word devout, it's used three other times in scripture. And I found this really interesting because it describes what, how um, Simeon lived a devout life. So it's also used in um, Acts 2.5. So the people who wait for the Holy Spirit to come at Pentecost, who are waiting on the promise of what Jesus said, were called devout. And they weren't just waiting, doing nothing, but they were praying together. They were fellowshipping together. And in Acts 8.2, this same um, word devout is used where... Um, Stephen has just been stoned and the people who bury him are called devout. So these people who great persecution has come on the church, they're in great danger and they don't go and run away and hide, but they go and honour Stephen and bury him and put themselves at great risk. They take action. Um, And then in Acts um, 22.12, I can't remember the guy's name, but the man who... Um, God told to go and pray for Paul when his eyes had the scales come upon him, he, um, he was called devout. So in all these cases where this same 
Greek word, which I don't know the Greek for because I don't know Greek, but this same description of devout, Simeon is called devout, which is being called to action. So he wasn't just a man who followed the Holy Scriptures and who knew the promise, but he was a man who had taken hold of, of the promise and the good things and what God had told him. And he had an outward response. He was active in his faith. He wasn't, he didn't just know what to do, but he was actively looking. He was actively seeking and he was actively praising the Lord. And because of living this righteous and devout life, the Holy Spirit was on him. Because you know what? The Holy Spirit loves to be with those who are pursuing God, who are actively walking a righteous life and actively pursuing who he is. Not pursuing the fulfillment of a promise, but pursuing who he is and saying, you are worthy of my praise. Um, And because the Holy Spirit was on him, he was moved by the Holy Spirit, it says. So when we live a righteous and devout life, praising the Lord publicly, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and the Holy Spirit leads us. So that Simeon was moved to the right place, to those temple courts, so that he could bump into Jesus and his parents. Don't you love how God does that? Where you're moved to bump into your promises and the fulfillment of the things that God has promised you. So he he was moved by the Holy Spirit to bump into Jesus. <laughs> and um, yeah, and because he knew he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, he knew what he was looking for. His spirit responded to Jesus. He he responded to that promise and he could see what it was because at this point Jesus had only been born. <laughs> He hadn't done all those other things that was in the in the prophecy from Isaiah. He hadn't, you know, he hadn't gone to the cross. He hadn't fulfilled all these things. But Simeon knew that this was the promise of the Lord. This was the fulfillment for him. So he rejoiced. And the thing that I found really interesting as well about what we learn about how Simeon lived his life is he lived his life full of compassion for others. So he wasn't like just focused on seeing the word fulfilled that God had given to him. But when he saw Jesus, his heart was moved for Mary. Because at the end it says, and a sword will pierce your own soul too, when he's speaking to Jesus' parents, that he understood what they had to go through. And it wasn't he wasn't overtaken by the, um, the fulfillment of the promise and the thing that he'd longed for for 700 years this promise had been spoken and people in Israel had been waiting for and he'd been longing for and at this point he was an old man and he was literally waiting to die (laughs) after this promise had been fulfilled Um, but yeah so when he saw Jesus and he had the fulfillment of this promise his he was moved with compassion so that says to me that in in um, his time of walking with the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit because of being righteous and devout, he was compassionate and outward looking. He wasn't focused on the promise fulfilling his needs, but he was looking at what it would mean for other people as well. So there was an aspect to it where he understood that when promises are fulfilled, sometimes there's pain and sometimes we need to be compassionate to what other people will go through because of the fulfillment of promises. So 
Simeon wasn't just familiar with the promise. He didn't just know what it was, but he was familiar with the promise maker. He was able to live a life that was righteous and devout and full of compassion because he knew God. And being able to live life not just knowing the promises of God, but knowing the promise maker enables us to endure in a season of waiting. It enables us to be able to have hope so that we can share good news with the world, even when promises haven't been fulfilled in the waiting season. So what this suggests to me about how we wait and how we process the Advent season, is that we must be changed on the inside so that we can live in this world righteously and devout in a pursuit of the King. In this Christmas Advent season, we celebrate the coming of the King and the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. It's a time of celebration, but also a time of waiting. (laughs) Because Jesus is born, Jesus has has already fulfilled his mission on earth from the first advent. He came. He is our wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. He is everlasting father. He is prince of peace. All those great things. This is who our king is. And his... And... (laughs) But yeah... So this is who our king is. We have fulfilled the first advent, but God has put us into this next season of waiting. Like all those passages I read from Acts, those bits I read about the devoutly waiting people, like they're waiting. They were waiting for something, They were, but they are moving forward. They're pursuing their king. They're publicly praising their king and putting themselves in positions of risk for the kingdom because they understood that like waiting isn't passive. They were in a season of advent where they were actively pursuing the kingdom. Um, yeah, so we're, we're currently in a season of the second advent of the coming of the king and the kingdom. Isn't that exciting? Yeah? <laughs> that just like on that day when Jesus was born and a fulfillment of the promise came, the coming of the second kingdom is going to come like that. Like everybody will be waiting, well, not everybody, but a lot of people will be waiting and will know the promises. Like we know that Jesus is coming back. Does everybody know that? Yeah? Jesus is coming back. We know that. But it's going to come super quick. So how are we preparing our hearts in this Advent season? How are we holding on to the promises of God and keeping hope alive and being righteous and being devout and being all those things like Simeon was? So yeah, we're currently in the second Advent season, the coming of the king, the fullness of his kingdom on earth. And what we do now on earth at this time, it really matters. It's important to the story. Not No one of us is here by accident. You have a divine purpose and an invitation to be part of the morning song that is welcoming the kingdom of God. What we do now really does matter. So 
My challenge to us all, and this includes me because I started off by saying I'm not great at being patient and waiting, (laughs) is that we enter into this busy season, counting down, preparing for, anticipating the celebrations of the fulfillment of the first advent. Let's make sure in the midst of this busyness that we're keeping our focus on the king and that we're delighting in who he is. Because it's through knowing him and allowing him to shape our hearts and direct our steps that we can be prepared for the coming of the kingdom. That we can be like Simeon, living a life guided by the Holy Spirit so that we are in the right place at the right time to experience the fullness of what God has promised for us all. So yeah, my prayer for us all in this Advent season is that we really experience and know what it means to delight ourselves in the Lord so that he can give us the desires of our hearts for this season and for eternity. I absolutely love it that the king that we serve, he asks for us to delight in him because it's not us that fulfills the promises uh, promises that God makes, but it's through delighting in him that fulfillment of promise comes and it says that i think it's in psalm 37 that like delighting in the lord will fulfill all the promises of our heart the desires of our hearts so that's an active thing right we need to delight in this season not in the presence in the things these are all great things but we need to delight in who god is we need to know him and delight in who he is It's an active thing. So God is the author of all good things, and you're invited to his kingdom through his son Jesus to live a life of fulfilled promise. Are you anchored in this truth? (laughs) That it's God who delivers all promises? It's through delight in him that all promises are fulfilled? Or are there some things in your life that you're holding on to and you're like, this is my responsibility. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to sort this. Uh, Or has God promised you things that are so big that you can't see how they would be fulfilled? Like for me, I, I don't know about you, but when I was preparing for this, I'm like, I don't think I think enough about the coming of Jesus because it's just so big. Like, but in the early church, it was such a thing on their mind in their everyday, in the way that they built church, they built community, they interacted with one another. It was like, Jesus is coming back right now. (laughs) And so Jesus is going to come back like that. Like he came into the world the first time when everybody knew the promise, but people weren't really knowing what to look for because they'd lost connection with who God was that they couldn't see when God came in human form (laughs) and so yeah let's be a people who are connected with the promise maker who are watchful and who don't grow weary in waiting for the fulfillment of the promises that God has made whether it's for our own personal lives or whether it's for the coming of the kingdom Like, yeah, God is the deliverer of all promises. And it's through knowing him and delighting in him that these promises are fulfilled. So that's what this Advent season is going to be about. (laughs) Pursuing the fulfillment of his promises. And we're going to be looking more 
over the coming weeks about the different aspects of the Isaiah prophecy and what that actually means so that we know what to look out for and who our Jesus is. So I'm wondering, sometimes it's difficult to hold on to promises. It's difficult to, um, yeah, to hold on to hope for the things that God has promised. So I'm wondering if in our tables, if you want to, to pray for one another, that as we come into this season of fulfilled promise and remembering the fulfillment of the promises of God, that, yeah, just to pray for one another in, like, yeah, in endurance and in keeping on going and in delighting in the Lord... (laughs) Because it says in the in the beginning of that Isaiah passage, all of the stuff before the promise of Jesus, there's so much battle, there's so much hardship, there's so many negative things that Israel had to go through. And when Jesus was born, Israel was going through a super tough time. And I think that's why so many people couldn't recognize Jesus when he came because they got so focused on being delivered from their trials that they didn't know who they were seeing in front of them so yeah life can be tough there can be trials in life but we're here as a community to strengthen one another to build up hope in one another so that we can walk in in the hope of the things that are going to be fulfilled because God has promised them